All right, welcome to the Ska Dads. Uh, we have uh, some special guests uh, with us uh, today joining us. We have two members of the Prize Fighters. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm uh, Courtney, and I play saxophone in the Prize Fighters. Hi, I'm Aaron. I uh, play guitar and uh, lead vocals in the Prize Fighters. Cool. So I, I actually asked you guys to uh, do the show today because you guys have some new stuff coming up. Uh, you have a new album coming out in about, I guess, a week or two. Why don't you guys tell us about the new album? Yeah, the, the new album is called Punch Up. It's our third uh, studio full-length album. It's coming out on Jump Up Records. Uh, it'll be out uh, June 9th. Uh, that's a Friday. So, um, yeah, very, very soon. And we've been we've been spending a lot, a lot of time getting ready for that uh, that release. And it's, it'll be coming out on vinyl um, via Jump Up Records and then also CD and uh, digital. You'll be able to stream it anywhere you can stream music on the Internet pretty much. And uh, I, I hear we're getting cassettes, too, but um, I guess that's up to uh, Chuck over at Jump Up. <laughs> So uh, actually, the, well, the first thing I noticed, and I guess I'll ask, is kind of like uh, the layout of the album, uh, Punch Up. It's kind of, uh, I, I don't know, what what influenced you guys with like the cover? I, I've seen it on your social media and like, uh, you know, different instruments. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like a 60s, like pop jazz album. Yeah, that that's definitely uh, where I got my influence from. I'm not going <laughs> to not going to front and say that I I pulled that out of my ass um yeah i was looking at a lot of the jim flora uh, illustrations he did a lot of the yeah those jazz and pop lps for columbia and uh a lot of other illustration stuff so that was my source of ins- inspiration i wasn't trying to copy it too too hard because his style is very very unique but also very iconic so I- i'm not worried about people saying oh okay it kind of looks like that um but uh that's that's a vibe that is certainly evocative of that uh, 50s, 60s jazz style, and uh, I've always been a fan of that. So wanted to use that as some inspiration as a jumping off point for for the album cover. Yeah, someone else had mentioned to me they're like, "Oh, it looks like a Pixar movie." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, good. <laughs> we'll get Disney to sue us. Cool." <laughs> Yeah, it's the best animation money can buy. Why not? I'll take that as a compliment. Well, also, uh, the uh, the color scheme was sort of uh, predestined uh, because I I designed the the labels for the LP first because we wanted to get those in just so the actual uh, vinyl records could get pressed. That's that's the priority. So I had this color palette to work with. So I wanted to extend that into the cover for for continuity and it was uh sort of a limitation but one of those good limitations that set you in the right direction without having without you know it's better to have a thousand ideas than a million ideas if you're really trying to narrow it down especially working on a, a timeline where you have to get the artwork done in time for the album to be released you know yeah, I, I know a lot of bands are like just waiting for a long time for vinyl. So I, I assume you guys have been waiting for the release. <laughs> I, ironically, the the vinyl, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just uh, Chuck Wren's like magical touch or his like wizard powers or something, but um, he was able to get the the vinyl pressed. That was one of the first things that happened in this <laughs> in this uh, like sort of prep for the for the release, which is. 
it's insane nowadays because all you hear about is uh, people waiting for vinyl. But in our case, the, the vinyl has been done. It's just we're, we're, we need to get the rest of the stuff, uh, the, the CDs, the, the even the jackets, you know, um, printed for the for the vinyl. So, yeah, it's just funny that it, it happened. We, we got lucky, I guess. Or, yeah. Yeah, certainly, certainly the reverse. Yeah. Yeah, he did say that uh, uh, to do this, it's like, well, you get pressed or you don't. There's no test pressings. You don't go through that normal process. So we didn't get test presses with this. And, uh, you know, I think that's fine. We haven't uh, had any issues with uh, test presses before. So, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, it's a crazy uh industry right now with with vinyl being pressed there's um i think these were pressed in canada and they're i know that plants are still to capacity all over the place but there's a couple opening up in minneapolis one or two i'm not quite sure the status of those but um that'll be great to uh to see those that hopefully that will make it easier for bands locally and afar to uh get their their stuff pressed within a within a, a reasonable time frame rather than like heard some people waiting 14 months for releases to come out and I don't know the ins and outs of all that but that's just uh, that's the way things tend to be going lately so we're very grateful that we didn't yeah. have that sort of wait where we're like okay well we have the album recorded and uh, yeah we'll release we'll release it in a year it, that's that's a good thing about digital and, and CDs is you know turnaround on that is still super quick so not not the end of the world if the, the record is delayed but our record is already pressed so it's nice to not have that that worry on top of all the other release planning stuff that we're juggling yeah like so, so you guys already have two singles out um for the the new release punch up um i guess the second one kind of dropped this week you guys have videos for both the songs um I was wondering why you picked those songs because I, I was listening to the whole album um, that Courtney sent me and I was like, oh man, like y- y- like those two songs are, you know, the first two songs on the album, but uh, the album kind of goes in all different directions and those songs, I, I don't know, I was, th- I was wondering about that as I was listening to it today. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I was just, was there a purpose or those two songs, like what, what made you pick those two songs as the first two singles? Hmm, good question. I know there was, there was a lot of back and forth uh, just with the band is talking about which which singles what you wanted to do overall i don't recall how those two ended up rising to the the top of the list but um i guess they yeah, did. i mean I, I remember when we were in the studio and we did kick the can and it's a style of reggae that i don't think we as a, a as a band have really done or had done that well um until the can and I remember when we were listening back in the studio I was like no this is a single and I felt like that was kind of the vibe um, from the band um, just and it was uh, I mean the song the meaning and I, I, I this whole album is full of meaning like all the songs have lots of like that's that's a credit to, to Aaron and Jordan but the lyrics on the album is just awesome but um but really, when we were picking the, the singles, I feel like it was it was more about the sound. It was like, okay, like this is a reggae tune, and it's kind of uh, new, and it's it's really like it's catchy, but it's it's new for us, I think. And I wanted 
to make sure that people could hear hear that side of us. And so we released that as the single um, for the first single. And then as far as Think and Pray, it's, it's um, I don't know, it's, it's more of that traditional ska um, feel, but it's got the sort of the Latin flair in the, the drums, especially in the, the intro and outro. And I was like, wow, this is, I, I think we wanted to just kind of showcase that, hey, you know, even though we put out a reggae song, we're still like, this is kind of still who we are. <laughs> this is kind of, you know, what we do. Um, so and I think it was just kind of to showcase the the, um, the variety of uh, sounds we got um, on this one. And do you think, so I, I was just wondering too, I, I guess a lot of bands are releasing albums now. I, I still feel like a lot of them have, you know, some of the songs were crafted over the pandemic. Was that the case with like this album? Uh, did you guys start writing it over the pandemic? Yeah. Um, you know, some of these songs have had their origins in sort of the back burner of, uh, well, my head at least, because uh, I, I wrote the majority of the album, I think. Yeah, eight of the eight of the twelve songs because uh, Jordan wrote three of the songs. One's a cover we've been doing for a while, so I think the the genesis of a lot of the material probably started before the pandemic started. But um, a lot of time to sit back and work on stuff, and uh, usually it, it takes a long time for me to write songs. Uh, sometimes it doesn't, um, but the songs where it's it does take a while. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll have these riffs in my head for like a decade, and I'm not even joking about that. It's just. Uh, yeah. Right, right place, right time kind of thing. And uh, slow cooking is the way to go. And um, it's, it's really the lyrics that, that catch me up. Uh, I'm, I can write lyrics, but sometimes it takes a long time because I think of it as another instrument, sort of. It's, uh, you know, getting the, the meaning and the, the meter and everything like that to fit with something. Uh, it's not it's it's not something that comes really easier naturally to me, so I don't feel like I I can force it. So there are some songs that may have started as something in my head, trying to write something, and then I forget about it for a couple of years. Then I catch myself working on something, and then I bring in a, another a melody of okay, what would sound good with this? And I pick up something from something that I had been working on and sort of abandoned, or that had just been languishing on the back burner, and that and then that becomes that missing puzzle piece that pushes the the song into into a place where we can actually work on it as a band rather than me just share little snippets like here's a cool riff let's do this and you know we, we do that from time to time and it's great but uh sometimes nothing comes of that so uh well i mean as as someone that's in the band i mean what we're sitting here and we will we'll rehearse songs and you know we'll, we'll just have regular rehearsal and then all of a sudden aaron from out of the blue will be like 
hey, I got a song, and then it's like, he he has the whole song. Like, every everything's ready. And it's like, where did this come from? And he's like, oh, no, it's just been, like, chilling in my head for, like, ten years. It's like, oh, and you chose to not share this with us until now? He's like, yeah, well, I wasn't ready yet. It's like, wow, okay. So you're back burner, man. You, I mean, you, you really... You really cook those things until they're almost all the way done sometimes. And I mean, which is really kind of cool as a, as a horn player where it's like, you know, you've already got like, I, I know what riff you should play and it's like, okay, I'm going to play it. And it's like, and it fits perfectly and everything, everything already fits perfectly. There's not that stress of like, how are we going to make this work? Because it's already working. It's really cool. I, well, I think like listening to this album, I, I got a chance to, I, I listened to it when you sent it to me, but um, like about 20 minutes ago, I, I started playing it and just, and I noticed when I was playing it on like these headphones, the, like it's, it sounds so much different because I had it on my phone before and, you know, I, I kind of, when I listen to an album, I like to listen to it, you know, on vinyl, but also like, like just listening to it in the car, sometimes listening to it on headphones, you, you get like the album. As a, as a listener of music, I listen to a lot of music, and I just feel like I, I like hearing an album on different ways and platforms, just because it hits you and strikes you differently. But I just noticed when I was listening to the album like about 20 minutes ago, uh, before we started this, I uh, the horns sound so much warmer, I think, too, compared to um, like your last album, uh, Firewalk. That I just I, I just feel like the way like the horns are interacting, some of the melodies, it, it's it's like I, I really feel like the band has kind of grown on, on this new album a lot. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool observation. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, I mean, the album really does feel like it's just a, it's a snapshot of the band we are now. We're always progressing in, in what we do. And at the core of that, that's just the pursuit of absorbing 60s Jamaican music and and trying to play it in in our own way. Especially there's so many different sounds within, you know, from... Even within, like, you know, early reggae from, like, 68 to 69, there's, especially in 69, after it kind of got away from the the rock steady kind of vibe. It was, like, you know, first reggae in 68 was sort of, it was rock steady, but the drums were playing, like, a 16th note on the hi-hats instead of the the eighth notes and and, and kind of in, the, in that shuffle the 16s and so, and so, and then the organ bubble kind of became a, a thing and, and different ways to like actually make it a reggae beat as opposed to a rock steady beat but then getting into like 69 you had a lot of new producers you had a couple new studios pop up so there was so much opportunity for uh different experimentation going on and there's so many different sounds and some of those sounds were only around for you know not even a year and it's really interesting to dig into you know some of those old recordings and, and and to see what they were doing, what was uh, what kind of approaches were they taking, and uh, you know it, it's it's not even like a study or anything. It's just appreciating the music and loving it and, and trying to say, hey, can we achieve this? How 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 are they playing this? How are they getting this this vibe, this rhythm, this particular feel, this like this shuffle that's sitting kind of halfway in between swing and half between you know in, in straight time like how are they what are the elements that are contributing to that so i feel there's just there's endless seemingly endless uh areas to explore within that era of jamaican music and we're always interested in trying to 
you know, play around with that and tease it out. So, uh, I think as our inspiration continues or stays on that line, there's just, there's more things to explore. So it's just like an evolution of our musicality, but also music, an evolution of, I guess, where, where we're at just as, as people and as a band and socially, you know, what we're, what we're talking about, what we're thinking about. Uh, so it is, it is cool to hear this album and, and listen back to other things and kind of see the trajectory of the band and where, where the songs on punch up sit and sort of the story that it tells just sort of autobiographically of us as a band and, and as people living through, uh, you know, these times. Well, and, and we, we recorded it, um, differently too. I mean, Firewalk, we, we banged it out in a, in a weekend and we did it all to tape and it, I don't, I can only speak for myself, but I was, I just felt like I was like playing, like my hair was on fire b- during the firewalk sessions because, well, there was just so many horns and so many instrumentals. And I felt like I was, I, maybe I, <laughs> I could have played better had I been more prepared. But um, in, when we did punch up, we, we, it, we took our time. We had more, more time in the studio um, I actually got COVID during the middle of recording. So I had to go back and, um, like do all my overdubs later at a later time. But I felt a lot more relaxed. I felt like we were more confident, um, as a horn section. Um, so I don't know if it was maybe even just the performance and the way that we, we recorded, um, punch up that would made it made a difference, but. Yeah, because we booked a week straight, so we did, you know, seven days in a row, which is something we've never done before. It's usually been, you know, something to do on the weekends. Uh, so it was it was a cool experience to go in and play for, you know, seven days straight and have that time to just be in the studio and, um, you know, be creative and and see what happens. Another big thing too is on this album we have some new personnel. Uh, so uh, Matt Morris, who was our original bass player and left the band for a, a while. Uh, you know, over the past, like, a couple of years ago, started playing with us again, but on lead guitar this time. He's a much better lead guitar player than I am. Uh, so he's he's lent a, a lot of his creativity and his style to 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 the arrangements. Like you know, but maybe half of them were already kind of we we're already starting them by the time uh, he started playing with us. But uh, some of the other ones, you know, he helped develop those, and he his guitar playing really helped elevate those songs to to another level because i played the lead guitar uh, uh as well as rhythm guitar on on the firewalk album and i i think i'm a pretty decent rhythm guitar player at least for this style of music but lead guitar is something that is not my forte i can i can i can do it but it's uh it's it's not what i play during rehearsal i don't really rehearse i, I write the parts but it's it's a much different experience to go into the studio and have these lead guitar parts that have been you know played and perfected and practiced and come up with by uh, a, a great lead, lead guitar player like Matt. So well, I think that, that made a big, he played it. He plays it live with us instead of having to, to overdub most of his stuff, which makes, I think uh, it even more organic or, you know, it fits even better. Yeah. It keeps the energy intact. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, on, on keys, um, 
Charlie Smith is playing with us and he played on uh, the two live in studio things that we did. Uh, and, and this is at the same studio that we recorded uh, both Firewalk and Punch Up album at Future Condo in Minneapolis. So the, the Follow My Sound 10 year anniversary uh, video that we did and then the, uh, the Take Threes, uh, that little series of videos that we did, uh, that was Charlie Smith playing keys on that. So he, he recorded the album with us and, and he is a pro. He is uh, very, I mean, let's say competent as, as the, as the very base level where he just, we, we don't, we don't need to ask him for anything beyond just saying, Hey, can you, can you play, uh, you know, rock steady piano? And he's like, Oh yeah, sure. And he's like, no, no notes. That's, that's, right. that's perfect. I can't even, can't even imagine anything more. And he added, added stuff beyond what, uh, what I would, have been able to write so having having him contributing his his style as well elevated the sound uh leaps and bounds awesome hello we are the prize fighters the first tune we're doing for you right now is called just let the music play Yeah, it's, it, I'm sure it's hard too to find where, where you guys are at, or just really anywhere, someone that could record a band like you guys and be familiar and comfortable with that music, rather than just being like, you know, like a paid gig. So I'm sure that you know that that definitely sounds. I did have one specific question about the uh, one song. I know you, this kind of backtracks a little bit, but um, you were talking just about like social issues and your influences doing this. The song um, that really stuck out to me, like on a couple listens I've had, was uh, "Company Time," and it almost—it's almost like you're, like the sound of the band is transported back to like that, that late ska era of like, and it's you know it almost sounds like a recording from the Silvertones or Justin Hines, like the the music, and then um, w- with a lot of the lyrics on that song. So I, I don't know, could you maybe talk expand a little bit on? on that song and recording it and some of your thoughts behind it. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so company time is a Scott tune that, uh, <laughs> uh, for, if you haven't heard it yet, um, you, you will soon, I hope, but, uh, it takes, it takes uh, a silly internet meme and it's maybe not so silly. And it turns it into uh, something a little more serious call for action. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely inspired by that like whalers at studio one with the Scottalites sort of sound like group vocals, sing along, um, you know, upbeat, 
upbeat feel, upbeat, upbeat lyrics. And, um, yeah, it's, a it's a song about, uh, collectivized labor and, uh, you know, singing it's, uh, it's boss makes a dollar while I make a dime. That's why I sing on company time and talks about all the songs you can sing as you work and, uh, you know, the raising your voice, and hearing the people you work with raise your voice and realize you're raising your voice for the same things. And maybe, uh, maybe you, you want the same things and maybe together you could achieve some of those same things. And, uh, yeah, not being, not being shy to, to raise your voice in, in, uh, in a labor situation. And, uh, I think we wanted to have the, the, the vibe of that be a jubilant kind of thing and singing, about all these things, not in a, in a dismal kind of way, but in a, an uplifting, uh, it's, it's like that whistle while you work sort of, sort of, uh, vibe, I guess it's an old adage, but it's, uh, it's something that balances out in, in a way. I don't know. I, I don't want to over explain it because I, I want sure. people to draw their own yeah, conclusions yeah. from the song, but I, and I had no clue it was uh, it was taken from an internet meme. I learned something. Uh, is it what, what meme? Just, is just it? the like uh, it... boss makes a dollar while I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. Yeah, yeah, Elmo. Right? Is it Elmo? Yeah. yeah so like yeah, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Twisted it in uh, in a way that that I felt was actually uh, more advantageous. Um, like pooping on company time is great, <laughs> but. Uh, collectivizing with your fellow workers on company time is even better. That's kind of the vibe. <laughs> but yeah, m- musically though, it's that, it's one of those songs that is, uh, I, I was thinking, yeah, evocative of like, you know, whalers at studio one or like uh, Jackie Opal, uh, you know, some falsetto in the backing vocals there. Um, you know, a lot of people singing along and, and kind of building towards, you know, building up towards, uh, the the message in the in the song but it's but it's all about you know singing and er- getting everyone to sing together and have a good time
Yeah, and I, I, I definitely heard, like, especially on Firewalk, you know, um, a couple of the songs, like Stop Them, definitely had some social issues. But on this album, there are quite a few, like, even Think and Pray, like, there's there's definitely a message in, in a lot in a lot of these songs and lyrics, and I think people are really dig it so I, i'm sure once this album comes out you guys are gonna like i was super impressed with firewalk and i'm actually just hearing like listening to the, this album this sounds even better and i'm really looking forward to it are you, you guys have a, a, a cd release show in minneapolis uh to promote it are you guys have it do you, are you guys planning any other dates to take um the music boy we we would love else? to yeah um Right now, um, we don't have a lot planned um, because our, our bass player Jordan is having a baby um, in August, and we're we're kind of kind of play it uh, by ear as far as um, what we can and cannot commit to. Um, but you know, I I would love for us, you know, maybe starting sometime next year if we if we can, you know, start touring on this uh, on this album because I think a lot of people would. Uh, a, I think a lot of people will like it, so I think they're going to want to come out and see us. Yeah, and I think too, you guys were pretty tactful and creative during like the pandemic. With uh, I mean, you guys were pretty active over the pandemic, like, and it wasn't necessarily like like recording brand new albums, but you guys were releasing a lot of different uh, things um, throughout it. Like on Bandcamp, you guys had like uh, like a Rarities album come out, a couple singles. And and you mentioned those live recordings. Yeah, well. we yeah were, and, and, we were, sorry, we were trying to like yeah. just stay relevant, you know, because we were like, well, what do we do? We, yeah, I mean, yeah. we weren't even rehearsing. We weren't even being able to be in the same room together. Um, and in fact, when the the Follow My Sound 10th anniversary that happened during the pandemic, and that was that was really tricky to even find a space to record. You know, like we. There was a lot of there was a lot of like how are we going to do this you know safely because um, you know we, we really I mean and this was a lot of the, a lot of that angst was pre-vaccine even so we really didn't know how we were going to make it happen and we were seeing bands you know they're doing live streams and doing cool stuff and it's like well how what can we do that's cool but also we can't we we're, we're literally unable to rehearse with one another so. Um, yeah, so that's where you know the the live or the the rarities album. The um, you know we had recorded just before the pandemic. We recorded the uh, Mandalorian um, theme and um, uh, the Prize Fighter beat, and so you know we we had some stuff that we could kind of you know put out there uh, to keep people interested. And you know during the pandemic, everyone was <laughs> paying attention because they didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, th- those uh, those two singles, like the uh, Fistful of Credits and the Prize Fighter Beat, were released the the day before all the lockdowns started. So I guess it was good we got into the studio when we did to uh, to lay those down. But yeah, you know, during the you know Courtney was talking about the Follow My Sound ten year anniversary video that we did, and that's that's when we first uh, linked up with with Charlie Smith. So it was you know the uh, uh, keyboard player. Uh, so it was. It was really good to be doing things like that during the pandemic to kind of like regroup and keep our momentum, but also rebuild in the ways that we needed to in order to uh, get to this point. So I'm glad that we took the time to do all that. It's it's uh, at the time it, it it did seem like well we want to yeah stay relevant or keep making content, keep doing something. You know, it's it's the only, only way to play a concert. Uh, and we did something for uh, 
for for the the virtual supernova where we got together in Courtney's backyard and uh, and improvised our own recording and video setup and you know just I think it turned out pretty good for a, a total DIY kind of thing but uh, I, re- I remember the neighbors cheering like oh no keep playing and like oh we're just we're just playing the same song over again to to uh, you know make this video um, but you could tell the people were missing live music and missing things like that. And it was great seeing so many bands that were doing those uh, those virtual concerts, and that was a pretty popular kind of thing. So I'm glad that we had the the ability to do that. And and the the future condo studio room it's it's a really large room, like the 19 foot ceilings and a pretty big open space. So that did feel like a fairly safe environment to be in, despite the uh, you know virus being being a threat. And yeah, like Courtney said, pre pre-vaccine so it was just uh you know be be as safe as possible and um and and make it happen but it it turned out to to be a really good stepping stone to get to where we are right now to you know be able to be releasing this new record with the personnel that we had play on it and and everything like that so it feels like we're we're through we're through the worst of it and i hope that this uh this new record gives gives people some you know some good music to to dance to and it's not there's no pandemic songs on it so that's that's something that i I definitely wanted to to not do i and i know a lot lot of people were writing songs about you know pandemic kind of stuff and those issues are really important and and it means a lot to people because it was really really difficult um so definitely want to acknowledge all that but uh there's you know, there's, and then maybe more of a timeless quality to the, the song some punch up. So it definitely doesn't feel like a pandemic record to us, which I'm, I'm happy about that. Cause that makes me feel excited about moving forward with this record rather than, uh, yeah, looking back on it and seeing like, Oh yeah, that was, yeah. Oh, woof, that was a, <laughs> that, that was a rough couple of years. It absolutely was. Yeah. And, and, and we were talking about rough stuff, uh, in it, but it's definitely looking to the future you know pandemic's over but uh you know that was a that was a really big problem that that hit hit our uh society really really big uh but there's a lot of other problems that still exist and that were were made worse over the pandemic but they haven't really gotten better and probably are, a lot of them are getting worse so talking about that but you know it's not just problems that there's there's positive messages on the album too there's positivity that we try to find Yeah, there's love songs yeah you guys have love songs and uh you, you know it's yeah I, I i it's easy to paint a bleak picture sometimes but uh i i don't know i'm, sh- I'm sure when you guys get the opportunity i'm sure at this release show you guys are doing in a couple of weeks too it'll be great to play these songs out for people and get the room like moving um what um I I I wasn't familiar with any of the other bands on it, but um like are, you want to like hype up the the CD sure. release show? Yeah, it's uh it's, um, Wednesday June fourteenth at the Turf Club in St. Paul, and um, we're playing with um, um, a handful of bands. Um, Lumpy, we're playing with, um, and that's uh, the project with um, Brian Highhill, and he's um, a, a musician from um, the Twin Cities that. You know, he was big in the um, ska scene when we were coming up um, was with the band, the P-Lackers. And then and now he's 
Lumpy is kind of his solo project, um, but now he's performing with a full band and he actually played trumpet on the uh, Firewalk album. So he's, he's done work with the prize fighters before and he's, he's fantastic. He's just a, just a great guy and a great musician. And uh, the Lumpy album is, did uh, Scott Funk International put that out? Yeah. Yeah. Recently? I think, yeah, this past year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, then, the, so they're they're on they're on the uh, on the board as as a uh, you know one of the, the new crops of uh, of ska bands out there, even though they 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 don't explicitly play ska. Brian is Brian is a very talented and uh, an eclectic kind of guy. So like the the, the uh, influences that he throws into his music is is always really really cool to hear. So um, I I haven't seen the live the live version of Lumpy before, so I'm really look, looking forward to having them on the bill with us. I think they just they just recorded like 14 tracks like the other week. So I think they've got new music coming out too. So I'm I'm excited oh, nice. for that. Um and then we're playing with Loser Magnet and Of Two Lions. Um I'm not really familiar with their bands, but I've I've listened to their music online and it's awesome. Um I know Of Two Lions is a is a relatively new um uh reggae band here in in the Twin Cities and um yeah, Loser Magnet I think is is more of a um, indie rock band, um, but from what I've heard it on Bandcamp, it's they're they're excellent. So um, I'm I'm just looking forward to yeah um, partying with our friends um, and celebrating the release. Um, I know a lot of people are really pumped about um, the release, and uh, we haven't played a ton um, locally, so it'll be fun to see everyone come out for that. Sounds great. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know, I know, um, um, I had some, um, yeah, I, I was just wondering too, like, like about that scene, it, like you guys have in the Twin Cities, like, like, are, are you, do you guys kind of fit in or are you guys kind of in your own space a little bit? Um, cause I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there are some reggae bands. Um, and then I'm sure there's probably a number of like Scott punk bands and you guys are kind of, are you guys outliers or are you kind of, how, how does that work? Yeah. Good question. Um, yeah, uh, as far as I know, we're the only band that's playing, you know, the, the traditional ska sound that that we do. Um, but we've been a, a band, you know, playing for I think like coming up on seventeen years of of live of like you know performing live. Um, so we've been kind of a fixture locally, but there's so I think that the, there's. Yeah, like you said, there's other ska and reggae bands in town that we've played with and we we know, but uh, it's a, yeah, it's a loose confederation at this point of uh, of of, uh, of bands. But there's not, you know, we don't play, play shows with local bands that sound really similar to us. But uh, you know, that's it's kind of that's, fun, that's welcome. Yeah, I mean, like the the Minnesota scene, um, like you know, and Aaron and I have been a part of booking shows uh for ska um bands for the last 20 years and we've seen the scene like explode and then recede and then you know bands will pop up bands will go away um you know there's but there's there always seems to be um something happening um you know even like our band is is one that's you know that is, is pretty steady and there's no one in our lane per se so it's kind of nice um, to have that sort of 
that that little niche. But um, it's it's cool though to to all of a sudden we start playing shows and it's like oh this this band's from Minneapolis and this band's from Minneapolis and they do you know they do ska or they uh, ska punk or whatever and, and it, it's fun to to see some of the these bands that are younger that bring more of a youthful energy you know like and it brings me back to i mean it's it's one of the reasons i'm playing in bands now is is when i was a kid you know we i would go to the all ages venue in uh when i in the, the town i lived in lacrosse in, in wisconsin and there would be ska bands that would play and it like blew my little mind you know they they were super energetic ska punk ska core bands from and they were local so it was like all i had to do was just connect the dots it's like i play an instrument and i'm local and i have friends and we can make a band and we can play on that stage and how freaking cool is that and so i feel like that feeling of like how cool i've been chasing forever and so that it's really fun to see like some of these younger bands um um, play where i'm like yeah like i remember that like that's that's the whole reason that's the whole reason we're doing this um yeah it's always cool to see that i'm sure like like you guys are saying playing alive for 17 years you've seen a lot like like and you see bands like a lot of the bands that were probably around 17 years ago most of them are not around and most of the people majority of people are not playing music anymore so that you know having that longevity and being able to survive in the weird uh world of music it's just uh you know that that doesn't happen right yeah but it's, it is great to see uh you know when people come around again you know there's there's all sorts of reasons that people stop playing in in bands or or they just take a hiatus um but like like we were talking about about Brian Highhill uh, in Lumpy, uh, from the beginning of of MN Ska like booking shows that was uh, twenty years ago. His his high school band, the Peelackers, were like one of the first bands that that we connected with to make uh, a ska show. You know there was there were these bands that were you know a few ska bands that were playing scattered around the the Twin Cities area, but there weren't it wasn't that connective like ska scene at that point it, it had kind of uh you know fractured but but like with rebirth like younger bands and it was just a matter of connecting those bands to to have a like a ska show where you go to a show and there's like three four five ska bands on the same bill so his band the peelackers were one of those first bands and it's been you know he's gone on to do a lot of other musical projects in town and a lot of re- a lot of really cool stuff and it's great that he's still involved with with music locally and playing, uh, you know, playing ska and and all the other things that he plays. And uh, there's uh, there's other people from that band too that, that from the Peelackers that are you see, oh yeah, oh I remember playing playing ska with you a long time ago, and you're you're playing all this other stuff, and we're uh, you know reconnecting in different ways and. It's cool to see the different musical journeys that people have gone on, and uh, you know, ska has certainly been one of those launching points for a lot of musicians because it was, uh, you know, a lot of people's first band, a lot of people's, uh, you know, first experience playing music or, or seeing music, like Courtney was saying, and just you know, setting that that spark and that seed. So it's it is fun to reconnect with people or to, to be uh, 
you know, play, play someplace and, uh, you know, the club owner is like, oh, yeah, I played in the Scott band back in the day. That's, that's awesome to see see that there's there's still people doing that. So it's always great to, to know that even if there's even if the scene doesn't seem like it's as as vibrant as it had has been at other points, there's still there's still the life there. There's it's so it's us going out and playing and connecting with people like that. That really means a lot to me because that that makes me feel like um, like what we're doing is important and it's needed and it and that uh, there are people who appreciate what what we're doing and and appreciate Scott and they're happy that Scott is still around. You know whether it's whether it's the kind of Scott that we play or whether it's you know more like Scott punk or or, or like ketone groups uh there's it's it's a smorgasbord going on right now and uh yeah i mean like yeah it's i mean people are writing books like they're they're literally like probably like 50 books that come on the last yeah. two years it's crazy like, like and, and there are podcasts and you know there are just like people are interested in it and people are finding it for the first time people are have been listening to it for decades you have such a i don't know a mishmash of people with different access points and I think that's, that's yeah but you know and, and the thing that the thing that's important to us or, or at least you know speaking for me personally is uh, I really feel there needs to be a lot more representation of like the Jamaican ska sound the original ska sound and that that's that to me is uh, a certain fire that I have within me for inspiring me to keep playing this kind of music and uh, and sharing that with people because I want people to see that you know that maybe they come to see us and they know we're a ska band and they, they know ska, but they may not be as familiar with uh, like the Scottalites or Jamaican stuff or even Rocksteady and, and hear what we do and get a, a different sense of, uh, of how, of the, the depth of, of ska and the, the legacy of it, the, the heritage of it. Um, we're not Jamaican obviously, but it's, it's a, it's a style of music that we all love and, and it's, it's, being able to share it and, see, and seeing the other bands that have come before us that have shared that music with, you know, like, like Slackers, Westmont Train, Hepcat, uh, you know, all those bands that, that have toured and, and, you know, played all around the world and released all these great albums sharing their love of that, the, you know, the original ska and, and early reggae sounds. I, I think that's really important, um, you know, because there are so many, uh, you know, ska punk bands and, and, and more, you know, modern American ska and, and and whatever whatever kind of stuff going going on right now. And I think that it's a lot of people get the sense that that's that that's ska, and it is. But there's there's so much more to it too. And I feel that by being able to share a representation of like what ska is, because you know, I, I think that uh, you know, even though the definition of ska has expanded at, over the years, it hasn't changed. Like ska is still at its core is is the the music from Jamaica in the early to mid sixties. Like that definition hasn't changed at all. It's, ex- it's expanded to include these other things, but uh, it's, you know, just because ska sounds different now doesn't mean that ska is any different. That's just the, 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 the music has evolved, but the word is, has stuck in a certain way. And I'm not trying to, to say, you know, anything negative about that, but, you know, being able to, uh, you know, introduce people to the music that we love through the music that we play, whether they like it or not. It at least, uh, at least gives gives a, you know, we're able to share that passion that we have for 
for Scott as we as we interpret it. So how would I, I just a random question and it kind of, you know, fits fits into what you were just saying. But like, like if 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 you're if someone finds out you're playing in a band and, you know, you're out somewhere, talk to them. How how would how how would you describe the prize fighters? How, how would you guys say, oh, my band, the prize fighters. Fill, fill in the blank, I guess. Like, what, what would you say? What would I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how you answer. define it or what you say, Aaron, but I usually say like we play Jamaican ska and reggae, or I, I'll say like 1960s style vintage ska, you know, just as just to let people to almost to differentiate, like maybe if I say ska and you have a picture in your head, it, it it's probably slightly different than the picture you have. And I'm just trying to clarify or be more specific as to what we play. And then if people don't know what that is, I usually just say like, you know, like Island type music. <laughs> and then they go, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- thinking about that, you know, usually I'll say like reggae and ska, but I realize that uh, I, I will, most often say reggae and ska, not ska and reggae. Ooh. It's like le- leading with reggae puts, yeah, it, you know, puts puts people in a certain thing. Reggae and ska. You say if you say ska and reggae, the ska connotations come up first. But I think that we're probably closer to uh, what people would think of as a reggae band if uh, you know if they weren't super familiar with the uh, with the music. But you know, they they know Bob Marley, they like Bob Marley, and I say we play a reggae band we're in a reggae band i i would say that's probably a bit more um accurately evocative of what we what we do and then the scott thing so uh, yeah i i have i have no responsibility for what other people's uh perceptions are based on on what i what i say and uh and it's like i no I, I know what you're saying like I, I i'm in the same boat like when i tell people i dj and they're like what do you dj and it's like uh like reggae and ska and then they come and the experience is you know i'm playing like old vinyl records and i think they were expecting like you know club club music or reggaeton or something like that uh you know so so i, I don't know i think everyone has that you know you know like any at least anyone in like the ska reggae scene that we all know like like you know there are certain perceptions and you say you do this and it's like I, it, it's hard sometimes but then at the same time uh i i've been a lot of my dj gigs i've been doing lately have been at, like record shows and i'll usually open up like the record show and just like uh, people will randomly come up to me um and just be like ask me what i'm playing taking pictures of my records like things like that so i in, in a lot of ways it's like a total compliment to and that's some, doing something like that you know, I I feel like I've connected with random people that probably I would have connected with. So so having doing those kinds of things, I, I've kind of expanded my circle or, and I've been like, oh yeah, I have a podcast or oh yeah, I do a monthly radio show you can check out. So I think that stuff for me is like a, a, something cool that I've experienced. Just finding ways to introduce what I do to people that aren't already in my yeah that, yeah that, that is really cool. Um, have you ever played a ska record and someone's come come up to you? And asks like, hey, what is this? What like what kind of style of music is this? And you tell them ska, and then and they're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's that's kind of a cool way to uh, to share the music. You're already you're already playing the music, and you can talk to talk to people about what the the music is and who and you know why it's cool, why it's important, and, and yeah, that's great. 
and I, I was, I, and I guess, um, yeah, and, and I know, I know, I know you DJ too, Aaron. Um, uh, but I, but I think too, like being in a band, I'm sure, I'm sure people have stumbled upon your band and they just, you know, do a double take and like, like I, I'm sure you guys have played festivals where you just, you know, may have played in front of people that aren't familiar with you guys and didn't know your music and they totally got into it. You know? I mean, we we try to play dance music and there's, uh, you don't need to know what the music is called if it moves you 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 dance to it and that's all there that's all there really needs to be so the the labels and the the history doesn't really matter at that point but we're, we're definitely aiming to be a dance band playing playing music that people can groove to and move their feet to and uh it doesn't really matter if people know what it know what it is it's great to talk to people afterward that that were enjoying themselves and see you know see what they what they thought of it and what their their perceptions are on on ska and you know find a lot of people don't really care that that much about the the differentiation you know and it's um it's nice to see people that are they're into the music without too too much uh like they're not overthinking it they're just you know, people that enjoy music, enjoying our music is a great pleasure. You know, the last show we played, we played with a bunch of rock and roll bands and I'm, I'm almost confident nobody had heard, heard us before and knew who we were, um, but had lots of people come up afterwards and like, and they weren't even, you know, like going, Oh, it's a ska. Oh, you guys are ska or whatever. They they have like zero. I, I felt like they had zero sort of like, feeling about ska whether it's uh cool or popular or not they were just like wow really dug the song i was you know i was dancing along that was so cool or or man the message uh you know there were some some songs you guys played where like the message just really hit home and it's like it's so satisfying to not have to you know wade through that um conversation of like well you know fighting the misconception of of what scott may be in their mind um it it was kind of nice and at least at that last show <laughs> that that was really cool yeah for sure and um i i, I did want to ask you guys this too like uh, i i think i stumbled upon you guys um through your um I guess it was the 45s when you guys collaborate with, with Charlie Organaire, I think it was probably, I think the first time, you know, I, I heard your music and it was probably through um, jump up, you know, with, with those releases. Um, and I was just wondering, you guys had opportunities to play with like a lot of like amazing originators of Jamaican music. Like, like you guys did an album with Charlie Organaire. Uh, you've also backed up some of Jamaican le- legends as well. Um, I don't know if you maybe you guys could talk about something that sticks out to you with with those artists and how you came to collaborate with them. Sure, yeah, um, got to thank Chuck Wren at Jump Up for uh, lining all that up because uh, uh, he and a few other people put on these shows in Chicago uh, under the moniker Jamaican Oldies and uh, did a series of of concerts with with Jamaican legendary singers and performers and and uh, needed you know, uh, a band that could pull the weight. And we, uh, we were asked to do the first one where we backed stranger Cole. And that's where we met Charlie Organaire, uh, 
because we needed a, a, a harmonica player and he was living in Chicago and performing in Chicago since the mid seventies in his own reggae band. Uh, check out Charlie Organair or you know, Char- Charles Cameron and the sunshine festival band. Uh, they've been holding it down in Chicago since I think 75, 76. Uh, so that was an unexpected uh, bonus for, for us playing. But uh, you know, we took a lot of time to learn the songs and uh it wasn't just learning the songs. It was trying to get the songs to sound like the original recordings, like play them in that same way. Um, Because, you know, we can play ska well, but can we play all the different styles of ska? And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about with our, you know, our continual musical journey where, you know, we can, we can pull out a ska song. We like, okay, let's do this cover or let's, let's do a, like a, a version of one of our reggae songs in, in ska. And we can just, we can bang that out. Um, and it's great. It's great. We have that, that, that style, but uh, being able to challenge ourselves to say, you know, listen to a recording and be like, well, they're, they're not playing the ska the way that we typically play it. Like this is, this is the Dragonairs backing this one. It's not the Scottalites. So let's try to make it sound like the Dragonairs. What do we need to do? Like, let's, let's listen to how the drummer plays. Let's listen to, you know, what the bass is doing and then how the horns are phrasing everything. So preparing for that first show really put us in that mindset of uh, like taking us to school and really being like, how are we going to, how are we going to pull this off? Cause you know, it's like um, kind of a notice me senpai <laughs> kind of thing with the, uh, like these artists like hey are we doing a good enough job are right. we like can we get can we not get yelled at can you get... <laughs> because like you know this is you know it's their, their career were, were you guys were you guys yelled at did anyone yell at you while you no guys were i don't i don't think so Courtney, well, do you recall? i mean so stranger really thought we we did a good job uh that first show um and um we we all the only time i can remember a real criticism was um uh, when we backed Derek Morgan um, at the Chicago Reggae Fest and we were rehearsing and uh, there's there's just some like there's some drum styles and different things that that uh, Derek is used to um, and he's calling them by by name and our drummer is like confused <laughs> and we're like it was like he was at so we're we're playing exactly how the record is doing it and he's used to performing this thing live and he's like this is how we do it live you know we, we get this ja, 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 and but he called it like you gotta play the mix son and i was like oh uh we don't know what that is sir <laughs> like <laughs> so that was the only that was the only time i could really remember us like um feeling like we were letting down a jamaican uh legend that we were backing uh, but well you know I, I don't think we let him down at all i think that was like that was just uh, another moment in school where yeah that's like you know because that, that and that's one of the other things we've learned is there's so many performance aspects to playing this music that you know we, we'll we'll play it by um you know listening to the records and you know even if it's our own songs we're trying to you know fit the same aesthetic and everything like that but uh, the, the live performance aspect of it is a whole other element to that. And that's something that it's, is maybe not natural to, to us, just in our, our musical background. So, yeah, performing with, with uh, these Jamaican vocalists and, and knowing that 
part of like, part of the, the music is is their their performance. You know, they'll they they recorded it. You know, in probably one or two takes in the studio a long time ago, but that, it's still their song. You know, it's it's likely that they may have wanted to do more with it, or they may have wanted uh, who had. Uh, other other thoughts for it and and there's like yeah more modern trends too like like a lot of the dance hall stuff so like the mix like you know, courtney was demonstrating that's that's a that's a kind of thing that that uh is a breakdown of the song for a live performance that is is like it's it's very i don't want to say typical to to reduce it but it's it is a signature performance element of of a lot of uh more modern reggae stuff and it was really cool to see derek incorporate that into his sound um in another thing that you know gratefully we were already aware of just from you know seeing other people perform uh before the whole concept of a rewind where uh you have to follow the singer they start they'll start a song and if they're uh you know they want to start it again or something's off or or they just want to uh you know hype up the crowd you know they'll you know, yell wheel, and then we'll, everyone pretends like we're, you know, a tape rewinding and or a record spinning back and and started up again with, with all the same fanfare, but just you know, maybe ten percent more. Um, you know, that's the whole element that that we've uh, you know we've we've learned, and we're just we and we still have so much to learn too. So it's really been a, it's been such an honor being able to play with the the people we have. So what's, you know, it was stranger Cole first and then, uh, Roy Panton and Yvonne Harrison, uh, Charlie Organaire throughout a lot of the, all those Chicago shows. And then, um, yeah, playing with, with stranger and, and Patsy Todd here in Minneapolis was incredible. And then, uh, and Derek Morgan later that summer in Chicago, uh, g- wonderful experiences with, uh, playing with all of those wonderful people, uh, learned a lot. And I think that's, we really pushed ourselves as a band to be like, of that caliber that is worthy of, of backing those artists and whether, whether or not we were worthy or not is, you know, it's subjective, but I think we, I think we played really well. And I think the artists were, were pleased to, uh, to have us back them up. But, but overall, like what the staying power of that, what we've gotten as a band from that has been just like all the work that we put in for that. And we, we put that into our music. We we're just, we're learning from, we're learning from the best learning for from the originators the masters of it and that's amazing you guys got to you know got those opportunities to perform because it you know like you know in the last couple weeks you know lester sterling passed and like you hear more and more every day of like you know those legends um you know like with medical stuff going on and you never know you know, like, like having those opportunities and memories for you guys. And it seems like, you know, all the, anything you hear about a lot of like the Jamaican legends, uh, like, you know, like the, some of the bands you talked about earlier, like the slackers and, um, Hepcat, they all talked about, you know, meeting all those members of the skylights and how giving they were of advice and music. And, you yeah. know, you guys having those opportunities to work with those singers, I'm sure, you know, there were things imparted to you guys through that. And that's, that's a cool thing. And about like, you know, playing this, this music um being you, you know like like supported by legends like people that aren't rock bands don't you, you don't get to collaborate with <laughs> axel rose you know you don't you don't get those same uh you know those same points that you that you do in in the sky and regacy and that's one of one of my favorite things about it and why i've dedicated so many years of my <laughs> life you know to to this music like you guys have as well yeah. so 
We definitely yeah, uh, just owe like so much, you know, gratitude to to them for for allowing us to to do that. I mean, we we just it was just a privilege of a lifetime to be able to do that, and uh, I mean, we'll never forget it, um, no doubt. And it it does feel a little bit um, like, um, you know, you know, Aaron said earlier, you know, we're playing this style of music to kind of carry on that legacy and um, performing and being able to 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 play these, these like hit songs with these performers, um, you know, that is carrying forward that legacy as well. I think that's, I mean, it just, it all, it all fits. Yeah. Cause our job, our job was make them sound good and, uh, make them feel confident and, and to have, yeah, have their, their music be as, as well received as possible because it, yeah, it is amazing that, um, that a lot of those, we were able to play with a lot of those performers because, you know, a lot of them are, you know, you know, we're at, retirement age or after retirement age and you know uh, on one hand i know a lot of them love performing their their musicians and you know musicians are musicians from the day they're born till their last breath and um you know but there are some musicians who are are in circumstances where they can't retire even if they wanted to and they're you know they play until they they physically can and um we're just great they don't have health insurance or able you know like like access to like retirement you know like like a lot of things other people have set up uh you know choosing to meet the path of of being a professional musician you you often you know if, if you haven't ha- made a certain amount or saved a certain amount you may not have luxuries that a lot of other people yeah. have access to yeah it's it's difficult you know? but it but it's, it is amazing to to perform with um with these musicians who recorded some of this music you know 60 plus years ago and that and to see a big crowd of people singing along and enjoying their music and and for them to know that that people still love these these ska songs like 50 60 years later that they that they created um i i really hope that that i hope, that, hope they all understand and, and and know how much we love their music and how much we appreciate them sharing their music with the world then and now it's it's really I, I can't, I can't say how fortunate uh, I feel, and and I'm sure the rest of the band feels the, the same way that we've had those those opportunities to. It, it's it's a it's a it's a communion kind of thing. It's not just cool for us or cool for them. It's like we get to share this thing and learn learn in the process and be be a part of the continued story of ska and reggae and and do it in a way that that we feel is is truly re- is 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 representative of of uh i think the the legacy that i feel that scott deserves like i think that it's it is really sad to see for me it's great to see people having having an interest in scott but when that interest in scott doesn't include jamaica and it's jamaican roots like that that does upset me i'm, I'm gonna be real about that um you know even in the 90s when there was a lot of the scott punk and scott core kind of stuff there was still I think implicitly that understanding that it was Jamaican music originally, and that this was more of like a punk rock kind of take on it. But I do feel now with um, kind of this resurgence in sky, it's, it's, you know, whatever people want to call it, you know, I don't believe in waves or anything. Uh, I just don't think that's an adequate, that's a whole other conversation, but <laughs> it, it is, it does feel more like a, like a mid late nineties ska revival that's going on right now. And well, I think that's great. It's, if it just looks toward you know, what the the American corporate record industry p- 
put out as sort of the gold standard, then it's it's kind of the first bubble of ska that that is sort of they feels it can exist without the Jamaican ska element and and to me that just that feels unfair and unacceptable and I feel that that's I may be uh, oozing with self importance here and uh, I'm totally open to that criticism but I do feel that that we have a responsibility as as like relatively younger musicians who are interested in playing this kind of music to keep this this part of sky alive because yeah like you know lester sterling rest in peace you know uh there these these uh originators these heroes of ours aren't going to be around for forever and as as lucky as we've been to be able to play with them um you know we have to take take those those teachings and take take that music forward i mean all it would be the, the best thing in the world would be for uh a ska resurgence in, in Jamaica. To, well, the best thing for ska, not just necessarily Jamaica. If, if Jamaica is interested, it's totally up to them and 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 what their, their you know the the priorities of the musicians uh, in Jamaica are. But you know, if there was to be another like big resurgence of ska in Jamaica, and that started to get pushed on the you know like maybe that maybe they, they do something new with it and make it really cool. Um, you know, it, it infuses with like the EDM and, and the sound system scene. I think that would be incredible, and it would it would kind of reclaim the um, you know, people's notions of, of ska. Um, even you know, until something like that happens, you know, all we can do is is keep playing the uh, the '60s sounds of Jamaica in the in the way that we feel represents it the best, and and just hope that that legacy carries on, and that more you know that maybe yeah, like maybe there's. Uh, a young musician who who sees us play, who's never seen, you know, a ska band play, you know, a Scottalite song or Jamaican style ska, ska, and that just like that just flips a switch for them, and they're like, whoa, 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 what is this? I need to go down this rabbit hole. I need to learn more about this. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened yet. I don't know if it ever will, but but to me, that's. Uh, that's the future I envision for Sky. I really hope that there are more people that look to Jamaica to to see the grander picture of what of what Sky is, how important it was, how many different things it spawned, how many different you know, like the legacy of Sky, you know, I, I think is through is through reggae, is through through Jamaican culture and music, and um, you know, I just don't want to see that that completely erased and i know there's it's it's ironic because we're, we're not jamaican we're not bastions of, of jamaican culture by any means and even in jamaica this is granny music and it has been for for many right. years but it's a it's a lifeline i think it's it's a uh it's a it's a music that is in my opinion definitely worth playing i don't want there to be a day when the last traditional ska band plays for the last time and granted, that's probably going to happen at some point. But, um, you know, I don't see a lot of younger bands that are playing the, you know, 60s style Jamaican ska. Um, so, I, that, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going off kind of on a tangent here at the end here. So sorry about being long-winded. But, um, yeah, that's that's something that is that's really important. No, I think that's me. an important. I think that's an important message. You know, it's like... Um... I don't think people talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things uh, that gets kind of, um, you know, and I, I think I, I, 
you know, like uh, anyone who knows, you know, some of the music coming out, like uh, I, I I hear it and see it a little bit, and I, and I definitely see like, you know, like, and I think too, like going to a show, the average age, uh, if, you know, uh, on where I'm at in Baltimore, like if you go to a show and it's like a a band playing like a Scatolites cover, a traditional ska band or, a, you know, a reggae band that's playing rock steady, like, like Eastern Standard Time, like, like people at the show. Um, I mean, I, I, we, we, we're lucky too. we have bands like The Fuss um, and uh, Poppers. You're we have a lot awesome. of uh, different <laughs> bands. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we get we have a lot of lucky things that we get to see um, and a lot of bands that are super creative. But, too, I, I've noticed that you don't really see a lot of the younger people involved. And, they, you know, um, the Fuss, they, they host like a monthly night um, called Blue Beat DC. And, um, you know, um, I know I know sometimes they, they have some trouble filling in some of the gaps and it's not as many, you know, younger people or, or newer bands coming around. There, there are a couple here and there. Uh, and I've, I've actually, I think in the last like year, they, they've really started to see more new, new bands or bands with older people that are playing again, you know, nice. kind of like start to pop up. But I, I, I don't know. I think music's hard. Like, like I, I walked away from playing the panda after COVID just because it was like, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of work and, and we had people coming and going constantly and, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I focused on doing this podcast instead and uh, DJing and, and doing different things too. But I, I still feel like uh, some of the same things you were talking about are things you know that, that I value too. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I, I appreciate having you guys on, and um, you know, I, I hope the best. I'm, I'm really digging this album, and I can't wait um, to uh, get my copy from Jump Up and. Um, you know, hopefully, I, I I got a chance to see you guys a few. Well, I guess it's been like five years now. But uh, when you were you guys in DC? Yeah, last this, that was uh, 2019, I think. So yeah, coming up on yeah. four, on four years. Four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Time time is yeah. a, a mystery yeah. to uh, to more than just me now. Other people are are experiencing this time mystery. <laughs> yeah, are are you still doing the record boxes too? Because uh, even when I DJ, I'll bring the record box that I got from you. That's Aaron. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I am indeed super solid record box. Uh, for all your your custom handcrafted wooden record box needs, and uh, I whenever I, I any, whenever anyone sees the box too, and I was like, you know, it was like this is the best record box I ever bought, and it also took the most conversation, like because I I don't know if you you know when we were talking about the box when I ordered one from you, you asked me like every detail we talked about, and that was amazing. I never had. I've gotten boxes made by other people before, but I never had it customized like the way you customized uh, the box you made for me and how you talk through like, oh, I this kind of um, um, handle or this kind of handle. Did you want what kind of like you you ask me every single detail about the box? And I always I, I always tell people about that when they compliment the box. I was like, yeah, I picked out and uh, the guy who made it, this awesome dude in uh, Minnesota, he, in Minneapolis. He asked me all these specific questions, everything I select and you gave me options on everything. It's, it's such a cool thing. Yeah, get, get, maybe, maybe you've gotten the impression that I tend to overthink things. Uh, and <laughs> th- that impression would be spot on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, like, that, that's such a cool thing to have, though, because I, I remember having that conversation with you, and I was like, oh, I picked that out. Like, that's, that's well, it, and it's nice to design something uh, and build something, you know, as, as a DJ and record collector myself, to have a box that, that I'm thinking about all these things like what would I want what's what's the utility that 
that I need, and I have the ability to to choose that and like say I can swap out, you know, different yeah different hardware or different kind of handle for a different kind of situation or different configurations and, and play around with it and and knowing that I'm I'm like my own market research. I do my own field testing just from you know from being a DJ. So it's something it's great great making something that is you know for what I know and it's cool talking to other people too who are are, are DJs but but may have a similar uh, outlook than I do or may have a, a completely different outlook and have different needs like there and so I, I love talking to people about what they want in a, a a custom record box because maybe they have thought of something that I haven't considered before and and that makes a lot of sense like, oh yeah I, sh- I should have considered that uh, I don't I don't have any great examples but but you know the, like like personal things like I know that when I I play I play my records and I have you know paper sleeves and like a cardstock jacket on them but I don't play like picture sleeves with plastic you know with the plastic outer sleeves too and I, I realize that some people do and, and that's why I like oh, yeah I need to make my boxes a little bit wider to accommodate that that just it wasn't a need that I had but realizing you know learning more about different different record collectors and, and people who who love their their records enough to get you know a nice storage or or, or you know carrying solution for it to see what's important to them. So it's it's really it's been a really cool way to to connect with the vinyl community and DJ community and see you know what you know what serve you know what, what I can serve in that and 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 be be a part of that and contribute to that in in a a particular way as the band merch guy too i gotta say um it's really nice to have such awesome sturdy custom boxes to um you know to to bring our records around to shows um you know so if you're in a band and you have vinyl that you sell at your merch table you should get one of these boxes they rule yeah, if you've if you've seen the toasters on tour within the past uh, couple of years, uh, they uh, they tote their records around in in a super solid LP box. Oh, cool! And you, you guys have a you you also have a you, the band has a promotion too. If anyone adds any of the new songs from the new album, you guys are yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, so if you um, yeah, if you win, you're <laughs> yeah. not no, <laughs> sorry. That'd be crazy. No, um, is it basically yeah? If you if you put your uh, our new single on a playlist and you share it with us, um, you're entered to win um, a hoodie. And so um, we did that with uh, the first single, Kick the Can. Um, we're doing that again with um, with Think and Pray. So, um, and yeah, and actually uh, we're, we're going to, um, bef- shortly before the, the album actually comes out, we're going to um, have a third, single we're going to be putting a true love out there um which is the uh the reggae number that closes out the the entire album so yeah so look out for that one that one's coming june june 2nd and that's another style you probably haven't heard much from from us before it's a little bit of like a, a later reggae vibe you guys also did uh the last thing i want to ask you real quick is about the stubborn comp you guys did northern standard time uh for the recent uh stubborn Tribute yeah, album. I think you guys are on volume three. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think the third one of Still Stubborn, and people can find that on Spotify and Bandcamp too. Is there anything else you guys want to promote before we wrap up? Uh, I think that uh, we covered all the bases. I just want people to know that yeah, we are really stoked about 
our new uh, full-length album, Punch Up. It's going to be out on vinyl uh, June 9th, uh, put out by Jump Up Records. Uh, big thanks to Chuck and Jump Up for supporting us through our past several releases and and uh, and for still still keeping those uh, those releases coming from all sorts of great bands doing doing the kind of stuff that we love. So uh, big up Jump Up Records, and uh, we're really excited for people to hear uh, the the new record from the Prize Fighters, Punch Up. Yeah, Chuck Chuck does a great job, and and you guys are holding down the fort for jump up with, with, you know, this new release. I'm, I'm super eager to hear it. So thanks again for joining us guys. And, uh, uh, hope to have you guys and hope to hear new stuff from you guys in the future as well. Yeah. So I, looking forward I hope it sells a million copies. So Chuck run can retire in style because he deserves it. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's worked very hard for a long time. It's the 30 year anniversary of jump up records. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. And thank you guys again for joining me on this episode. I really had a great thanks, time. Having Bob. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Bob.